Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up Inspiring Health Stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TB Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's amazing guests, you know I'm going to ask you to do if you haven't already, hit subscribe on YouTube, turn on those notifications, and please connect with me on LinkedIn because I'd love to stay connected with you. Now, today you are going to meet people I have been watching, let me tell you, for years on TV. They are Naked and Afraid stars Matt and Brooke Wright. They are the OGs, okay? So I'm more of a fan than a host today. But we are talking all things survival, about their experience on the show, about their entrepreneurial journey and growing their business extreme instinct, and also what their life was like growing up with their path that led them to doing what they're doing and teaching survival now and also actively engaging in these survival challenges. It is so fun. Oh, yes, and there's something for you, too. We are talking about the skills that everyone needs to know when it comes to survival. So everyone can get something out of this episode. So you're going to want to stick around and check it out. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. First of all, let me just say welcome, Brooke and Matt to the show. I am so, so excited. So for those who don't know, you are stars of Naked and Afraid <laughs> and um, so much more I know as well. So why don't we get started? Uh, Brooke, I'll have you go first. Just tell us in a nutshell. I know there's a lot. It's a big question, but tell us about who you are. Oh my goodness. There's <laughs> a big story to that, but just in a nutshell, um, I was born and raised here in Colorado, um, very rural. So I grew up with horses and raising hogs, just kind of a country girl. And then I found my way into the world of survivalism and- um, Through this guy. And th yeah, through this guy over here. And I've really followed that passion and have gone on to take on my own Naked and Afraid Challenge for 21 days. And since then, you know, we've just, I've helped my husband out every day with making knives. Uh, we make custom knives here in Colorado and then um, helping people follow their passion through the outdoors with fishing, bow fishing and teaching survival. Awesome. Okay. That was one. you answered a question that I had, um, whether you were both, <laughs> <laughs> whether you were both survivalists before, but it sounds like, okay, you got introduced to survival through Matt. Yes, that's, that's right. And yeah. it was actually on our first date that, uh, he opened up my eyes to um what i would now know to our first be. our first overnight date yes and out <laughs> in the wilderness with nothing yeah. and so um yeah so that's kind of where that story began <laughs> yeah oh my god you know, i i had her i was like hey let's go on a camping trip and i didn't tell her that we were bringing nothing and instead just going to be surviving in the bush and uh it wasn't for about four or five miles in before she re she realized like where's all the stuff and I was like, oh, we have it on us. And she's just like, huh? Yeah. So, so he's world. lucky that I, uh, <laughs> I'm a tough cookie. And I was, I was inspired by that, a uh, bit of a interesting journey. 
yep. to say the least, to start off um, a relationship. Um, yeah, because nobody better be surprising me with that on the first over. <laughs> okay. It's not for everybody, trust me. <laughs> um, and what, you know, I'll just say one thing that I, that draws me to you two on the show is just how, you know, loving your relationship seems and just how supportive you two of, are of each other, like on your journeys as well. So I think that's wonderful. So Matt, uh, I'll ask you the big question. Tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? Well, so I I was kind of the kid that uh, when the other kids were playing in the playground in the sandbox, I was like out trying to catch the local bunny. Um, I was I was always a little bit a little bit uh, wild, a little feral. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, as that. early as I remember it, uh, I remember being like, I'm sleeping in this bush tonight. My dad's like, we have a camper right here. And I was like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm sleeping in the bush. And uh, and it was just kind of that passion of mine was to do things sort of the hard way, the primitive way. Um, I always enjoyed, you know, reading up on the on the primitive people and our ancestors um, as they, you know, as they made their treks through, you know, unknown territory. So that passion kind of stuck with me. So I've always done the survival stuff, the hunting, the, the survival, the the go out with almost nothing. And it wasn't until I got out of the military. I was in the special ops part of the military for a little bit. And a, uh, when I got out, I realized, you know what? It, uh, it's now or never. I need to take my passion and make it my business. And ever since that, it's, a, uh, it's when we started Extreme Instinct. And the uh, I was I was kind of a lean lone wolf in that in my own business for many years until Brooke came along, and then we were able to bump it up to the kind of the next level. What it is now? So. Yep. Yeah. I was yeah. reading that kind of in your your bios that it seemed like. You know, maybe she helped form the business of Extreme Instinct. So, um, I'm wondering, did Extreme Instinct start before or after your first time on Naked and Afraid? All the way back 2005, I was a hunting guide. I started making knives for some of my hunting clients. Then, before we know it, they wanted a couple more knives for family, for friends, and the word of mouth started going out. And you know, besides the knives, I, I always enjoyed the survival. So I thought to myself, you know what, who, who needs a survival class the most is the homeless population. And the very first survival class I ever gave was to, was probably back in 2007, um, to a homeless, um, to a group of homeless individuals that were living along a river system. And it was, it was a, uh, it was an eye-opening experience, um, how little they knew of, of the survival part. But it also was like, you know, gave me that inspiration. And I was like, oh, you know what? A lot of people need this knowledge. And ever since that, we've been, you know, we've been doing those, doing classes, doing custom knives, uh, you know, the same stuff. Now it's just gotten a little bit, a little bit more diverse. You know, all over the world, we're sending knives and people fly in from all over the place to, uh, to take classes with us. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, for a long time, right when Matt and I met, I was working in nonprofit at a nonprofit blood center in Denver. And um, I was there for almost 11 years. And it wasn't until I saw that, you know, business is really, you know, me working part time when I'm not working my full time job, I was trying to help, you know, forge our small business along. And so it forced me to just kind of leave the nonprofit world and then basically mm -hmm. work for our business full time. And, uh, you know, I've got a background in marketing and and video and all of that so yeah. kind of all of the back back end stuff that matt doesn't do that i can help with so it's kind of it was just a natural marriage of i mean it, it goes without saying that the kid that that refused to even play on the playground it was like hunting rabbits 
wasn't ever getting really good at the computer skills. Right. The that is not Matt's stuff. forte. So, uh, Making knives, great. So, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty big accomplishment to respond to emails. Brooke was like, oh my God, you got to do more than that. And, uh, and so Brooke has been the, essentially the, the fire, the fuel that's actually, you know, got our, got our name out to multiple places and got essentially things, things running smoothly. How are they supposed to be? Love that. Hey, I mean, you, you guys are complimenting each other's strengths and weaknesses and it's obviously working. So, <laughs> so, <Yeah>. so far. Oh, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Naked and Afraid a little bit. Um, how did that even come up, come into your worlds? Like, how did that come to be? The very first season of the of the challenge, I was I was sitting home. All of a sudden, it came on TV, and I looked over at Brooke, and I was watching it hour goes by end of you know the final extraction on the on the challenge goes over and i looked at brooke i'm like i need to get on this show and she looked at me and she's like they look like emaciated <laughs> war victims they look they like they're falling apart why would you want to go on that show and i was like i was like i what if i could go out on a show like this and not look like i'm emaciated war victim at the end what if i can come out thriving come out strong as i went in and she looked at me, she's like, well, there's only one way to test that. And uh, you just, you'd have to apply. So, you know, I just got on the computer and I didn't know, I had n- no idea how to apply to a TV show. So I sent <laughs> to the casting, to the casting company, I sent, hey, if you're looking for Mr. Wright, <laughs> here I am, so cheesy. here I am, stop messing around with those others, you know? And, uh, and I sent it to him just like for funny. Well, they responded. <laughs> and I looked at Brooke, I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is, this is kind of real now. They're like, they're asking for more information. And uh, so, uh, so we gave him some information before you know it. I was, you know, very, very quickly, really. Um, they flew me to LA to get me an interview. Well, what's funny is myself, I'm going into this, like, like it has to be real. It has to be the most, you know, like, you know, like real challenge I could face. I mean, I've already tested myself through all the years, I was like, this better be, you know, be real. Well, I get to the hotel, they tell us we're sequestered in LA and they said they'd be bringing food in for breakfast, lunch, and dinner to the hotel. We're not on a challenge yet. We're at like a, you know, resume application period. And uh, mm-hmm. well, I'm in my hotel, no breakfast came. And I was like, oh, they're testing me. <laughs> lunch came. And I was like, huh. I was like, well, I'm not gonna complain because otherwise that's probably the test to know if you're gonna make it on the show. All of a sudden, dinner rolls around, and a uh, guy comes in. He's like, "Okay." He's like, "How was how was your meals? They've been good." And I was like, "Ah, that's funny." I was like, "No meals." And he's like, "He was like, oh my god, no! You're actually supposed to get meals." <laughs> but before long, it was maybe a month later. I found myself in Thailand on my first challenge, and uh, and I told Brooke then it was once in a lifetime opportunity. Well, uh, it's turned into quite a few opportunities. <laughs> Yeah, is it six seven times seven. seven now yep there'll be oh. a seventh one airing this year oh so. okay oh my goodness so is it fair to say that you are now addicted to these survival challenges you know i truly i do really love it i think if you do it right you'll find what i call the beautiful suffering that is like you might be destroyed by bugs thorns the heat the cold whatever it might be 
but it really is a beautiful moment to step back and leave everything and do it. And if you do it for the right reasons, and you know, my reasons are to go out there and test myself. I want to ask Brooke, because you also did your own challenge where I believe your partner tapped out on day six and you spent 15 days by yourself, yep. I which did. I mean, this is just mind blowing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so impressive what both of you have been able to do. But tell us a little bit about your challenge. And also, I want to know from each of you, what really draws you to this? I was gearing up to go to Mozambique and um, it's the only location that they have only done once um, and for for many reasons but um, you know I, I I got to this environment um, trying to do as much research as I could and preparing well, myself first off Brooke is crazier than I am because <laughs> most people do the challenge not knowing how crazy it's gonna be she has seen the scars she's mm. known that snakes have spit venom in my mouth and my eyes like she knows these things and yeah. she still decided, yeah, I want to go do it. And um, there I am in Mozambique and my partner right out of the gate, he just, he wanted nothing to do with being there. He thought it was absolutely horrific. Um, and if he had had it his way, he probably would have tapped on the very first day. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, producer really convinced him to stay as long as he could. And he, he, he did until day six. Um, and then, you know, Matt, Matt's words of wisdom to me going into the challenge was be prepared to lose your partner. They might tap and be prepared to be solo and be okay with that. It was this beautiful moment where Matt's words rang true about, you know, it, it's happening, it's real. And here I am in the middle of Mozambique completely alone with only the camera crew there for about maybe eight hours a day and they take their breaks, but at night completely, completely alone and left to the elements. And um, yeah, about 14 hours a day, you're, you're hundred percent solo. Yeah. So okay. I, you know, I'm in this wild and crazy environment all by myself. And I feel like I am such a small fraction of this, but I would do it all over again um, in a heartbeat. And especially with this one, I'd, I'd love to do a <laughs> challenge like that. Why do you say that? Why do you say you would do it all over again? Like, what is the draw for it, um, you? It, it, you know, the draw for me was the fact that I tested myself in a way that I did it by myself for 15 days. Um, and it's such a testament to your, your skill level um, and largely in part to, you know, your, your, mental, your mental capacity and what you're able to handle. When you get home, you have such a greater appreciation of like materialistic things don't matter, but they make your life so much more comfortable and it just gives you such a great appreciation for your own health and happiness and um, what you're able to do under such stress and, and work through situations with nobody else to help you. And I, that's, mm -hmm. I, it's just such a, it's a profound experience. It really is. Mm. And it Matt, what, oh, what would ahead. you say for you as far as um, the draw for like what it, what draws you to doing these challenges? Yeah. One of like and with the main reason when I first did it, first decided to do a challenge, you know, from the beginning was to go out and kind of accomplish what's never been done. And Brooke always tells me, you know, see the invisible, do the impossible. And on these challenges, it's it's a crazy dream come true for me because as a kid, I wanted to go to the Amazon. 
and live like a native. Well, they just happen to be naked mostly. <laughs> so I didn't really think about it all the way, but I guess my dream was to run around butt naked in the Amazon jungle. Um, <laughs> same with Africa. And so I get to kind of live that, that bucket list dream that I had, but also I get to try to accomplish something that is, is so incredibly hard that at the moment, you know, and for many others that go out there, they would think it's impossible. And there's been moments that, that I've accomplished things that I was like, wow, you know, that was, that was so ridiculously difficult. It might be starting a fire in a rainstorm. It might be hunting a warthog, taking down, you know, a spitting cobra with just, you know, with pretty much my hands and an arrow. And, you know, these various things, it's just like, you get done with it and you're like, wow, that's, you know, I've really, I just accomplished something that's never been done. Now I have to keep trying to set the bar for myself and kind of be an inspiration for others, which is, you know, it's kind of the main, you know, main thing I love to do in my life. And when you make it, it's a, it is a just absolutely beautiful feeling. Hmm. I'd say, you know, as a viewer, what draws me most to the show um, is seeing like the mental strength that you all have because I see it, you know, like I've literally gotten in fights with friends about this, like, it's not real. I'm like, yes, this is <laughs> like, and they're like, what, you know, what draws you to this? And I'm just like, to me, I see this as the biggest mental challenge that someone could go through. And even though I don't know anything about survival other than what I've learned from you all on the show, I can relate from the perspective of when I meet challenges or yeah. when hard things happen, like, hey, how, you know, how strong am I to be able to handle that? And I like admire all of you on the show because it's like, look what they're able to push past because they have that mental strength. And I feel like it probably applies in so many other areas of life. Oh, definitely. And then, and for those, for those that, that, uh, that are, um, skeptics of how difficult the challenge is. I always try to explain that when the people ask me, they're like, is it real? I was like, it's so much more real than you could ever possibly see on TV. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, we're there 24 hours a day for 21 days, 40 days, 60 days, whatever it is. And the film crew, you know, has a very tough job. Mm -hmm. it, uh, but they're there for eight hours, roughly, maybe 10. And we are there for 14 hours that they're not we're doing things that we've been doing all day just to keep ourselves alive. And then when the camera crew shows up, here you are trying to hunt, trying to fish, trying to do things with, um, <laughs> with a camera following you, um, which is now not only distracting you from possibly, you know, hoping you don't step on a snake, but it's also spooking animals, spooking the game. Um, it, is, it is such a challenge to do it like naked by yeah. itself but it's incredibly hard to do it with a camera crew and anyone can essentially can actually you know beat one of these challenges any anyone is possible is capable of it it's whether or not you allow yourself to be as strong as you are mm. and we we tell each other and we we you know preach it we do it all the time is to make every day a little better than the last and if you do if you make every day in survival or in everyday life a little better and if i keep that momentum going you you can't go wrong and in everyday life same thing if you're suffering from illness or anything like that 
you can make your day just a little better, you know, a little bit more comfortable. Eventually it just, you know, you, you're going to be, you're going to have a happy, successful, be ahead of the you game. Know. Mm, yep. Yeah. I like what you said there. You said really anybody can beat one of these challenges. Is that true? Yep. Oh, if, if you find it in your mind, there's people who are not survive like not survival savvy people who do not have the survival skills um that i would ever want them to teach <laughs> anyone anything um but at the same time they get out there and when cards are stacked against them incredible strength happens well, yeah you yourself boom no problem if, uh, <laughs> you can do it you could do it you can do a challenge I, and, uh, if you're willing to get bug bit and thorns and everything else you could totally do it we'll talk about that <laughs> <laughs> i literally joke about this with my mom because we like watching this show and she's just like you could never handle the bugs you could never <laughs> i want to know what would you both say is the biggest or most surprising thing that you learned about yourselves by doing this in survival you often have to stop and you have to accept where you're at and just be patient. And that was never a strong point of mine, but it, you know, without really knowing it, I had that, you know, in me, I found out real fast that I can be incredibly patient. Um, and then I can, I can, you know, strategize through a situation, you know, much better, much better, much more organized than I, you know, than I necessarily thought I could. Hmm. Yeah, I, and I would say that I was just, I think I realized how much stamina I have. You start, you know, when you start to move through your challenge, you know, your body changes, your mind changes, everything about physiologically changes about you. Um, and I was think I was just amazed that I was still able to just walk miles every day to go down to a water hole, um, to sit in a blind, to go set up different blinds, to just do all of these things that require so much energy um, and determination and focus, it, it gave gave me and I gained a deeper appreciation for what the human body is capable of adapting to and 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 pushing through. Yeah. You start to see just the little like you just start to notice every single thing about your environment and un, and learn to understand it because mm -hmm. you can't fight it. You just have to just work with it. Um, even some days you want to curse at mother nature, but mm -hmm. you, you just can't, you just have to, it's such a, like Matt said, it's such a humbling experience. Mm. I want to make this applicable to like the general public. So I want to hear from you both what you think would be the most important, let's say three or three to five survival skills that everyone should have. You know, I like going back to the whole, it's your, it's your attitude and what you kind of bring to the table. Um, maintaining a positive, um, positive perspective, um, despite the fact that your your life is just going to throw you just a lot of challenges, just <laughs> negative. You know, you're gonna you just have to have that mental capacity in order to deal with them. But situational awareness is a great one too, um, because there's a lot of people that kind of just go blindly out into nature without. Uh, taking on a good perspective of what's kind of ahead of them and what they need to maybe know beforehand, um, you know, and that, that goes back to, I mean, that kind of goes down to like, if you're going out in the back country, don't go out wearing cotton, um, you know, do a little bit of research um, to determine what, what, you know, what's going to help you the most. But um, I don't know what, you, like, I know there's, 
Well, I mean, you're like, so like definitely like your skill wise, yes, you're going to want to have, you're going to want to have the ability to, um, to find water, um, to make fire. Um, and you know, these, these, there are things that seem easy, you know, finding water is easy in a standard situation. Um, but you need to find drinkable water, you know, find something that doesn't, isn't going to give you, you know, get, make you sicker than you want to be. Um, and then making fire, and I always tell people you want to be able to make fire in multiple ways because most likely you're going to bring a lighter. If you don't bring a lighter, well, then you better figure out another way to start a fire. So you have to know how to make fire multiple ways. Um, and even something as simple as like the fuel comes out of a fire, you might need that spark and you need to figure out how to make a proper tinder bundle to spark it with just the spark of a lighter. And that's where your situation awareness comes in. They, not everyone's going to know how to do these things but if you're situationally aware you're going to learn and if you're able to learn you anybody can anybody can figure out how to track an animal how to find you know how to find food how to like you know dig for grubs you know scavenge an animal anybody can know this anybody can do it you just have to be situationally aware to look for the signs and, and navigation as well. Oh yeah, definitely you know, navigation. To, you know, you, you find a lot of people get lost in a situation, especially if it's you're surrounded by a canopy of trees. Um, it's really easy to get yourself, um, you know, disoriented and to know ways to get yourself out of that and mm -hmm. get to maybe where your camp was or to get to safety. That's yeah. that's huge. And staying and staying warmer out of the elements is a is a huge thing. Uh, a lot of like your the main thing that's going to kill you. If you find yourself on a hike, you get lost. The main thing that's going to kill you is the elements. More than likely, you can walk out of a place in two days. Um, but if you can't get warm, and sometimes that's even in the summertime, or you can't stay dry, um, you know, those are the things that get hypothermia kicks in. You know, that, that's going to give you mere hours mm -hmm. or minutes versus, versus days. Adaptation's huge. It's a... Uh, because everyone has a plan to get punched in the face. And, and don't right. freak out about it if you find yourself in a yeah. Yeah, survival situation. Right. And, uh, and it, then it's often what happens to us is if we're, if we're like out on a hike or something, a storm comes, well, there's the punch right in the face. Now you're knocked down. You got to figure out, okay, where the heck am I? Where am I going? What's my game plan? You know, and a lot of people that, you know, that get lost, they just start walking. And I know a lot of survivalists that I have survived with on the show that I know from the show <laughs> that if they walk out of camp, there's a good chance they're getting lost for almost forever. So they have to stay very close to camp because their navigational skills of orientating where North is, where camp is, is, is bad. And I've watched, them, I've watched them get lost. Like while we're getting firewood, they're like, where the hell are we? And I was like, Oh my God. It, uh, but some people just don't have it. Some people don't have that little compass in their head. So you, you have to practice that. Yeah, you have. Okay, so you, that's good to know. You can practice that. That because I would say I'm definitely someone that falls in that category as far as and, I don't know. The, the easiest way to easiest way for every everyday life to practice that is to not use our maps if you're going to a location. Don't hit go to because then it's just going to be left turn now. You know, right turn and eight feet. Yeah. And you have to, you don't have to think at all. Instead, be like, okay, that's about northwest of here. It, uh, you know, that is, you know, that's going to be potentially 15 miles. And then you start driving and knowing you have to go northwest, you have to then figure out, okay, where's the sun? 
Whereas the shadows right now, you know, let's let's try to like think about it. And you you might get a little bit half turned around now and then, but you will you will increase your navigation tenfold if you just make yourself navigate as we go through our everyday lose the technology. Yep. When you're in the store, think where's north. You know, when you are, you know, just going for a hike somewhere, be like, okay, where's what direction is what? Where did I come from? What direction do I live in? A lot of people, when asked like what direction from here do they live they're just like down that street <laughs> and to another street in this street and they have no, zero idea what direction that actually is yeah. but if you're out in the woods you have no streets so like you, you better know where you came from mm. that's a good tip um i want to talk a little bit more about the business about extreme instinct um so since you said you started 2007 i guess what that would be 15 years yeah 15 years so tell me more about um you know who your clients are who you best serve and the type of work that you do i know we touched on it a little bit earlier but i want to talk a little bit more about so, that i've been a hunting guide for years and years and while i was up in the middle of the woods my knife broke and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this client who paid the outfitter a ton of money to have me be their guide and me like, you know, process this elk in the middle of the woods and carry it out. And here my knife broke. So now immediately I felt, you know, kicked to the old uh, ego as this guy looked down at me like, what the hell is like, what do you have another knife? What's going on? And I was like, Phew. I was like, okay. So once I got back, I got my monies together, went and bought a knife use that knife that knife sucked <laughs> and uh and i thought to myself there's got to be a better way and i was like what is the one knife i can trust would be if i make it yourself well at that time you, you know youtube was not a very big sensation yet and the the information out there for you know metallurgy for forging for blacksmith you know <laughs> it was it was very little information so I started kind of trial and error. I'd make them, I'd figure out what it takes to break them, figure out how good their edge holds, change some things. I mainly made and broke knives for, you know, <laughs> for about a year. Trial and error. And uh, because you don't know how tough it is until you make it break. Before we know it, I was making a lot of knives for professionals, for guys who are professional guides, um, for, you know, for people who are going in on expeditions, for people in the military. I made a lot of knives for military guys and a lot of special operations guys. Um, and it was just word of mouth, you know, got around and like, hey, Matt, you made a knife like this. Can you make me one? In one day, we got an order for like a for like a kitchen knife, a hunting knife, a military knife, a survival knife, and a knife specifically made to castrate cattle. <laughs> All in the same, like, we're like, I mean, it's it, that's, yeah. We, we have no idea what what orders are coming in next but it's a uh, yeah. but that's the fun part because we'd like we don't do cookie cutter knives we don't just sit there and put all the same same ones out a yeah. lot of people do it's a lot easier to do that as a knife maker but we enjoy the custom you know one-offs and that's when someone will bring us like somebody brought us a paddle from a canoe one time and they said hey i, I need a knife this was my grandpa's paddle that he paddled you know down I believe they said the Arkansas River or something. And uh, can you make a knife handle? Of course. If the handle can actually be like something that's very, you know, very special. Yeah. No, I love that. And that's why I'm sure you have the customers that you do because you do offer that custom 
um, knife making experience that can be very special and personal um, Mm -hmm. to your customers. So I want to ask about the survival classes. How does it work? You mentioned that people are flying in from all over the world to do them. So how what do those look like? So our survival classes, we do we uh, we wanted to adapt to different environments as much as possible. So what we did is we've been doing them in Colorado and uh, Colorado, you're going to be up at anywhere from about 6,000 feet in elevation all the way up to about 10,000 feet in elevation. And it gives you that that Alpine that, you know, the Rocky Mountain, you know, survival class. Well, then we wanted to sit there and branch out. We're like, you know what, you know, not too far away is as close to the jungle swamps as you can get to like another country. And that's when we actually have a property down in Florida that we have specifically set up um, with it's, I mean, it's literally, if you combine all of that, all of this piece together, it's a couple thousand acres of, of primitive survival, like wilderness. It's untouched. You won't see trails. You won't see, you know, you're not gonna see a person ever back there. Where in, um, where in Florida? And this is the Southwest side of Florida. Okay. Um, so it's a, uh, it's a little town. It's just up from the town of Punta Gorda. Okay. Um, near, near little area of Fort Ogden. So we trap, you know, we have the yep. flexibility to travel to different locations for, um, yeah. you know, custom, custom yeah, every, survival training in essence. You know, every year, because there are some people that are scheduled, you know, especially if they want to bring like 10 people, they're like, Hey, that's, you know, we may not be able to make it to Florida. And that's when they're like, Hey, can you come to Texas? Can you come to California? Can you come, you know, Utah, you know, Arizona, wherever it might be. Um, we fly all over the country to do, do your a class essentially in your own backyard or your your section that you want to learn how to use utilize your survival skills best mm-hmm. and uh so some people if they want to go they're about to do a trek through the desert you know they might call us and be like hey can you meet us you know in the desert to show us that that skill right there because you're know, obviously not going to learn desert survival and you know, Florida very easy. (laughs) Really cool. Okay, last question I have for both of you. I'll start with you, Brooke. I always like to ask all of my guests, like a health or wellness tip, something that you do or you practice in your own life, whether for your physical health, mental health, something that just allows you to do what you do, show up as your best self every day that you would recommend others do. I absolutely love to cook wild game and practice a really healthy um, diet in that you know, I like to know where my food comes from um, and that sort of sustainability factor of being able to forage and, and find edibles and things like that. Um, but I love also love to hunt for my own food. And, um, you know, you may not be a hunter um, or know how to hunt for that matter, but it's, you know, for, for people out there who are wanting to learn how to get into hunting or um, become more proficient at hunting um, so that they can put that you know, sort of that field to table experience for their family. Try to try to get away from the TV, try to get away from technology and and submerge yourself into the wild. And if you could go out and get away from get away from the indoors and go outside, you're going to realize that, you know, you're going to be you're going to be exercising through nature. You're going to be absorbing um, nature, which is a beautiful thing to have for your mind and a healthy mind, healthy body. That combination is is going to you know get you through a lot of things and there's there's time times if i could spend a day outside you know that day right there will actually sort of give me you know give me that drive for for the rest of the week and if i'm stuck inside doing something 
it's a, you know, just what any chance you can get outside and enjoy nature and uh, exercise in the wild. It's, yeah. you know, it's good for you. I so, so loved this conversation and <laughs> meeting you virtually is just such a fun moment for me and hearing more, you know, intimate details about your experiences on Naked and Afraid, but also about your awesome business. I'm in Florida, so who knows? Maybe one day I will be like, part of Florida area. I'm in Miami, so not far. That's not nope, far. You're not far at all. <laughs> you know, let's say if you ever want to come out, you can. It could be as as rugged or as as a. Uh, as pampered as you'd like it's a um, we uh we take people out on the boat as well so you could do a little if you want to do a little like you know fun like learn how to do some survival stuff but you want to go out on the boat and uh maybe do a little fishing see some dolphins drink some wine eat some lobster you know who knows what you know but it's it's i'm a, liking uh, the sound of this yeah, <laughs> yeah, take care of yeah. it's, as, it's as wild or or fancy as you want yep oh my goodness i love this okay i'm definitely writing this down because actually before this call um, my boyfriend, who's also a big fan of the show, I'm like, do you have any questions you want me to ask? <laughs> so I'm going to be like, okay, we have to play, plan some time to go do this survival class. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because yeah, that's close. Yeah, we're just on the straight, almost the straight other side of the state. Yeah. Just up Myers a little bit. So. Yep. Exactly. Well, before I forget, and so we wrap up, tell everyone how they can find you, learn more about you, connect with you, social, website, all the things. So um, everybody can go to extremeinstinct.com, our website, um, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under Extreme Instinct. Um, also, um, you know, there's a lot of information on our website under About Us um, to, and way, different ways to contact us as well. And um, Worst case scenario, you send up a savage signal into the sky, <laughs> we'll be there within Flare, seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. I'll make sure to link to all of your links below in the show notes so everyone can find it easily. And anything okay. else you wanted to add before we go? I don't, I don't think so. It was just such a pleasure getting yeah. to, to, to finally meet you. And um, yeah, and we're just... We're just so excited to, to be a part of your show. Yep. Thank you. And Matt dropped a little tidbit after he stopped recording. He told me they're coming out with a new XL challenge that he's featured in that's coming out around this time. So if you haven't heard about it, the latest information will be down below in the show notes. He's back, yes, on Naked and Afraid again for his seventh challenge. So it should be fun to check out. I can't wait to see his latest challenge and connect with him and Brooke as well. All of their information is down below. Maybe check out a class, order a custom knife. I know I'll be checking them out. And hey, connect with me as well. If you haven't already, I'm all the places. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Find me there because I come out with new episodes each and every week and I'd hate for you to miss out. So until I see you back next week, because I know I'll see you then, Stay happy, stay healthy.